Hello everyone, my name is Danielle, and I love books a lot, so I decided to share that joy of reading with you guys by reading Fablehaven to you. I will be reading different series as we go on, but I decided to start with Fablehaven as a series that I have enjoyed for years. I hope you guys will enjoy and stick around for the episode. For the episode. Bye! Chapter 4. The, the Hidden Pond Rain puttered endlessly against the roof. Hedge had never heard such a no- noisy downpour. Then again, she had never been in an attic during a rainstorm. There was something relaxing about the steady drumming, so constant that it almost became inaudible without ever decreasing in volume. Standing at the window beside the telescope, she watched the, she watched the deluge. The rain fell straight and hard. There was no wind, just layer upon layer of streaking droplets burning into a gray haze in the distance. The gutter below her was about to overflow. Seth sat on a stool in the corner painting. Kedger had been creating paint-by-numbers canvases for him, sketching them with expert speed, customizing each image to his specifications. The current project was a dragon battling a knight on horseback amid a fuming wasteland. Lena had outlined the images in considerable detail, including subtleties of light and shade so that the finished products looked quite accomplished. She had taught Seth how to mix paint and given him samples of which hue corresponded to each number. For the current painting, she incorporated more than 90 different shades. Kendra had rarely seen Seth demonstrate as much diligence as he did on the paintings. After a, brief, a few brief lessons on how to apply the paint, including the purposes of different brushes and tools, he had already finished a large canvas full of pirates sacking a town and a small one full of a snake ch- charmer diving away from a striking cobra. Two impressive paintings in three days. He was an addict, and he was almost done with his latest project. Crossing to the bookshelf, Kendra ran a key along the spines of the volumes. She searched... She had searched the room thoroughly and had yet to find the last keyhole, let alone a secret passage to the other side of the attic. Seth could be a pest, but now that he had become immersed in his painting, she was starting to miss him. Maybe Lena would outline a painting for her. Kendra turned down her initial offer since it sounded childish, like coloring, but the finished products looked much more, looked much less juvenile than Kendra had, had anticipated. Kendra opened the door and descended the stairs. The house was dim and quiet, the rain fell more distant as she left the attic below. She walked along the hall and down the stairs to the main floor. The house seemed too quiet. All the lights were out despite the gloom. Lena? There was no answer. Kendra went through the living room, the dining room, and, and into the kitchen. No sign of the housekeeper. Had she left? Opening the door to the basement, Kendra peered down the stairs into the darkness. The stairs were made of stone, as if leading to a dungeon. Lena, she called uncertainly. Surely the woman wasn't down there without any light. Kendra went back down the hall and slowly opened the door to the study. Having not yet entered this particular room, she noticed. She first noticed the huge desk cluttered with books and papers. The massive head of a hairy boar with juddering tusks hung mounted on the wall. A collection of grotesque wooden masks rested on a shelf. Golfing trophies lined another. Plaques decorated the wooden, the wood-paneled walls, along with a framed display of military medals and ribbons. There was a black-and-white picture of a much younger Grandpa Sorensen showing off an enormous marlin, 
On the desk inside a crystal spear with a flat bottom, there was an eerie replica of a human skull, no bigger than her thumb. Kendra slid the study door closed. She tried the garage, the parlor, and the family room. Maybe Lena had run to the store. Kendra walked out to the back porch, shielding from, shielded from the rain over, over the, by the overhang. She loved the fresh, damp scent of rainfall. It continued to come down hard, puddling around the garden. Where did the butterflies hide in such a downpour? Then she saw Lena, duskkeeper knelt in the mud beside the bush blossoming with large blue and white roses, absolutely soaked, apparently eating. Her white hair was plastered to her head, and her housecoat was drenched. Lena? The housekeeper looked up, smiled, and waved. Kendra retrieved an umbrella from the hall closet and joined Lena in the garden. You're sopping, Kendra said. Lena rooted out a weed. It's, it's a warm rain. I like being out in the weather. She stuffed the weed into a bulging garbage bag. You're going to catch a cold. I don't, I don't often take ill. She paused to stare up at the clouds. It won't last much longer. Kendra tilted her umbrella back and gazed heavenward. Leading skies in all directions. You think? Wait and see. The rain will pass within the hour. Your knees are all muddy. You think I've lost my marbles? The diminutive woman stood up and spread her arms wide, tilting her head back. Do you ever look up at the rain, Kendra? It feels like the sky is falling. Kendra tilted the umbrella back again. Millions of raindrops rushed toward her, some pelting her face and making her blink. Or like you're soaring up into the clouds, she said. I suppose I should, get in, I should get you inside before my unusual habits shrub off. No, I didn't mean to disturb you. Back under the protection of the umbrella, Kendra droplets from her forehead. I guess you don't want the umbrella? That would defeat the purpose. I'll be in shortly. Kendra returned to the house. She stole glances at Lena through a window. It was just so particular she couldn't resist spying. Sometimes Lena was working, sometimes she was smelling a blossom or stroking its petals. In the rain kept falling. Kendra was sitting on her bed reading poems by Shel Silverstein when the room suddenly brightened. The sun was out. Lena had been right about the rain. It had relented about forty minutes after her prediction. The housekeeper had come inside, changed out of her wet clothes, and made sandwiches. Across the room, the painting of the night char charging the dragon was complete. Seth had gone outside an hour ago. Kendra was in a lazy mood. Just as Kendra returned her attention to the latest poem, Seth burst into the room, breathing hard. He wore only socks on his feet. His clothes were streaked with mud. You have to come see what I found in the woods. Another witch? No, way cooler. A hobo camp? Nothing to say. You just have to come see. Does it involve hermits or lunatics? No people, he said. How far from the yard? Not far. You get in trouble. Besides, it's money out. Grandpa's hiding a beautiful park in the woods, Seth blurted. Blurted. Seth blurted. What? Kendra asked. You have to come and see it. Put on galoshes or something. Kendra closed the book. The sunlight came and went, depending on the shifting clouds. A soft breeze ruffled the foliage. The woods smelled mulchy. Scrambling over a damp, rotting log, Kendra shrieked when she saw a glistening white frog. Seth turned around. Awesome. Try disgusting. I've never seen a white frog, said Seth. He tried to grab it, but the frog took an enormous leap as he approached. 
Whoa, that thing flew. He checked the underbush where the frog had landed, but found nothing. Hurry up, Kendra said, glancing back the way they had come. Beth was no longer in sight. She could not shake the sick, nervous feeling in her stomach. Unlike her little brother, Kendra was not a natural rule breaker. She was all she was in all the accelerated classes at school, got almost perfect grades, kept her room tidy and always practiced for her piano lessons. Seth, on the other hand, settled for lousy grades, routinely skipped the, his homework, and earned frequent detentions. Of course, he was also the one with all the friends, so maybe there was a method to his madness. What's the rush? He took the lead again, blazing a trail through the undergrowth. The longer we're gone, the more likely, the more likely someone will notice we're missing. It isn't much further. See that hedge? It's not exactly a hedge, more like a tall barrier, barrier of unkept bushes. You call that a hedge? The park is on that on the far side. The wild bushes extended as far as Kendra could see in either direction. How do we get around it? Through it. You'll see. They reached the bushes and Seth turned left, studying the leafy barricade as he went, occasionally squatting and checking closer. The interlocked bushes ranged from 10 to 12 feet tall, and they looked really thick. Okay. I think this is where I scrim... I, where I squirmed through. There was a deep indentation in the base of where two bushes overlapped. Seth dropped to all fours and forced his way through in. You're going to have a billion ticks, Kendra predicted. They're all hiding from the rain, he replied in perfect confidence. Kendra got down and followed him. I don't think this is the way I got through last time, Seth admitted. It's a little more cramped, but it should work. He was now slithering on his belly. This better be good. Kendra scrimmed on her elbows, eyes squinted. The damp ground felt cold and droplets fell from the bushes from the bush as she jostled it. Seth reached the far side and stood up. She crawled she crawled through as well, her eyes widening once they got there. Before her lay a pristine pond, a couple of hundred yards across, with a small, verdant island at the center. A series of elaborate gazebos surrounded the pond, interconnected by a white-washed boardwalk. Flowering vines wound along the lattice work of the impressive promenade. Elegant swans glided on the, on the water. Butterflies and hummingbirds wove and darted among the blossoms. On the far side of the pond, peacocks strutted and preened. What in the world? Kendra gasped. Come on! Seth started across the lush, neatly mown lawn, toward the nearest gazebo. Kendra looked back, understanding why Seth had called the disheveled barrier of bushes a hedge. On this side, the bushes were neatly trimmed. The hedgerow encompassed the entire area with a single arched entry off to the side. Why didn't we come through the entryway? Kendra asked, trotting after her brother. Shortcut. Seth paused at the white steps leading up to the gazebo to pluck a piece of fruit from a spot from a from an espalier. Try one. You should wash it, Kendra said. It just rained. He took a bite. It's so good. Kendra tried one. It was the sweetest nectarine she had ever tasted. Delicious. Together they mounted the steps in an extravagant pallion. The wood railing was perfectly smooth. All the one shielded from the elements, all the woodwork appeared to be in flawless condition. No peeling paint, no cracks, no splinters. The gazebo was furnished with white wicker love seats and chairs. In some places, the obstruous vines had been woven into 
living wreaths, and other fanciful patterns. I braved Paris sat on a high perch, staring down at them. Look at the parrot, Kendra exclaimed. Last time I saw some monkeys, Kendra said. Little guys with long arms. They were swinging all over the place. And there was a goat. It ran away when it, as soon as it saw me. Seth took off, clumping down one of the boardwalks. Kendra followed more slowly, absorbing the scene. It looked like a setting of a fairy tale wedding. She encountered twelve pallions, each unique. One had a small white quay projecting to the pond. The little pier was connected to a floating shed that had to be a boathouse. Kendra strolled after Seth, whose ruckus was sending the swans drifting from the far side of the lake, leaving a V-shaped ripples in their wake. The sun broke through the clouds and gleamed upon the water. Why would Grandpa Sorensen keep a place like this a secret? It was magnificent. Why go through all the trouble maintaining it if not to enjoy it? Hundreds of people could gather here with room to spare. Kendra went to the gazebo with the pier and found that the boathouse was locked. It was not large. She guessed it held a few canoes or rowboats. Maybe Grandpa Sorensen would have permission to pile around the pond. No! She could not even tell him that she knew about this place. Was that why he had told them about the trick, the ticks, and made rules about, made rules against venturing into the woods to keep his little Eden hidden? Could he be so could he be so selfish and secretive? Kendra finished a lap around the pond, walking on clean wooden planks the entire way. Across the pond, Seth yelled, and a small flock of cockatoos took flight. The sun retreated behind clouds. They needed to go up to get back. Kendra told herself she could return later. <clears throat> Kendra was concerned when she cut into her stake. The middle was pink, almost red at the center. Grandpa's, Grandpa Sorensen and Dale were already taking bets. Bites. Is my stake cooked? Is my stake cooked? Kendra ventured. Of course it's cooked, Dale said around a mouthful. It's pretty red in the middle. Only way to eat a steak, Grandpa said, dabbing at his mouth with a linen napkin. Medium rare. Keeps it juicy and tender. If you cook it all the way through, you may as well eat shoe leather. Kendra advanced at Lena. Go ahead, dear, the woman urged. You won't get sick. I, cook it, I cooked it plenty. I like it, Seth said, chewing on a bite. Did you hit? We have any ketchup? Why would you go and ruin a perfectly good steak with ketchup? Dale moaned. You put it on your eggs, Lena reminded him, placing a bottle in front of Seth. That's different. Ketchup and onions on eggs is a necessity. That's sickening, Seth said, appending the bottle above his steak. Kendra took a bite of the garlic potatoes. They were tasty. Measuring her courage, she sampled the steak. Bursting with flavorful seasoning, it was much easier to chew than any other steak she had eaten. The steak was wonderful, she said. Thank you, dear, said Lena. They ate in silence for a few moments. Ken Grandpa dabbed at his mouth with his napkin again and cleared his throat. What do you suppose makes people so eager to break rules? Kendra felt a jolt, a jolt of guilt. The question was addressed generally and hung there awaiting a response. When nobody answered, Seth continued. Is it simply the pressure of disobedience, the thrill of rebellion? Kendra glanced at Seth. He stared at his plate, picking out his potatoes. Will the rules unfair, Kendra? 
Was I being unreasonable? No. Did I leave you with nothing to do, Seth? No pool, no treehouse, no toys or hobbies. We had things to do. Then why did you go to go into the woods? I warned you there would be consequences. Why are you hiding weird old, weird old ladies out there in the forest? Seth blurted. Weird old ladies? Grandpa asked. Yeah, what about that? Grandpa nodded thoughtfully. She has a rotten old rope. You didn't blow on it. I didn't go near her. She was freaky. She came to me and asked if she could build a shack on my property. She promised to keep it to herself. I saw no harm in it. You shouldn't go bothering her. Seth found your private retreat, Kendra said. He wanted me to see it. My curiosity got the better of me. Private retreat? Big pond, fancy boardwalk, barrets and swans and peacocks? Grandpa looked at Dale speechless. Dale shrugged. I was hoping you'd take us out on a boat, Kendra said. Who said anything about a boat? Kendra rolled her eyes. I saw the boathouse, Grandpa. He tossed his hands up and shook his head. Kendra set her fork down. Why would you let such a nice place go to waste? That is my business, Grandpa said. Yours was to obey my rules for your own protection. We're not afraid of ticks, Seth said. Grandpa lowered his hands and lowered his folded his hands and lowered her, his eyes. I was not entirely honest about why you need to stay out of the woods. He lifted his gaze. On my land, I provide refuge for some dangerous animals, many of, of them endangered. This includes poisonous snakes, toads, spiders, and scorpions, along with bigger game. Wolves, apes, panthers. I use chemicals and other controls to keep them away from the yard. The woods are extremely hazardous, particularly the island in the center of the lake. It is deliberately infested with inland champions, also called fierce snakes, the deadliest serpent known to man. Why didn't you warn us? Kendra asked. My preserve is secret. I have all necess necess necessary licenses, but if my neighbors complained, those could be revoked. You must not tell a soul, not even your parents. We saw a white frog, Seth said breathlessly. Was that poisonous? Grandpa nodded. Quite lethal. In Central America, the indigenous people used them to fashion poisoned darts. Seth tried to catch it. Had he succeeded, Grandpa said gra gravely, he would be dead. Seth swallowed. I'll never go back in the woods again. I trust you won't, Grandpa said. All the same, a rule of no value unless the a rule is of no value unless a punishment is enforced. You'll have to stay in your room for the rest of your stay. What? Seth said. But you lied to us. Being afraid of ticks is a lame reason to stay out of the woods. I thought you were just treating us like babies. You should have brought those concerns to me, Grandpa said. Was I unclear about the rules or the consequences? You were unclear about the reasons, Seth said. That is my right. I am your grandfather. This is my property. I am your grandson. You should tell me the truth. You're not setting a very good example. Kendra tried not to laugh. Seth was in lawyer mood. He always tried to maneuver out of trouble with their parents. Sometimes he made a pretty good he made some pretty good points. What do you think, Kendra? Grandpa asked. She had not expected him to to solicit his her to solicit her opinion. She tried to collect her thoughts. Well, I agree that you didn't tell us the whole truth. No way I would have gone into the woods if I knew there would be dangerous animals. Me neither, Seth said. I made two simple rules. You understood them and you broke them. 
Just because I chose not to share all my reasons for making the rules, you think you should escape? You think you should escape a punishment? Yes, Seth said. Just this once. That doesn't seem fair to me, Grandpa said. Unless punishments are enforced, rules lose all their power. But you, but we won't do it again," So said. "We promise. Don't lock us up in the house for two weeks." "Don't blame me," Grandpa said. "You locked yourself up by disregarding the rules." "Kendra, what do you, what do you think would be fair?" "Maybe you could give, a, maybe you could give us a reduced punishment as warning, then the full punishment if we mess up again." "Reduced punishment," Grandpa mused. "So you still get, you still pay a price for your disobedience, but you get one more chance. Might be able to live with that." Seth, better than the whole punishment. That settles it. I will reduce your sentence to a single die. You, s- you will spend tomorrow confined to the attic. You come down for meals, and you, c- you can use the bathroom, but-, but that is all. Break any of my rules again, and you will not leave the attic until your parents come for you. For your own safety. Understood? Yes, sir, Kendra said. Seth nodded his agreement. And that is the end of chapter... Four, the Hidden Pond. Stay tuned for Chapter 5, Journal of Secrets.